0: you are listening to cut jib newsletter speaks the podcast this is series number four episode three for friday the 23rd of june 2023 it's jj sefton along with my good friends and colleagues, uh, CBD and Joe Mannix, returning once again. Gentlemen, good morning, and how's everybody doing?
1: Joe, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well.
2: Good morning, and thanks for having me on again. Oh, our pleasure. So I'm enjoying okay. a uh, below-average temperature spring in northern New Jersey, which uh, is very carefully not being covered by the by the media, which is shocking. I know that you all are uh, surprised by that, uh, but it's great yeah. for my lawn. So that, you know, I, that's all I care about. Oh, don't get used to it. It's just a down payment on future global warming. Yes. Good point. <laughs> good point.
0: Yeah, it's a we,
2: zero-sum it. game.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: We're, ha- we're having it here in Wisconsin, and it's definitely coming your way. I think uh, it's... A few 90-degree days here, and it's been kind of sticky and hot, but it's uh, supposed to break tomorrow. Anyway, the the good news is I'm I'm glad that all of you, that both of you guys are alive, as apparently I'm alive too, because uh, five years ago, uh, Greta Skoldylox Thunberg predicted that uh, five years from now, uh, we'd all be dead because of global warming or climate change. And here we are. It's five years later, and I guess – unless we really are dead <laughs> we don't know it yet you know i guess that that prediction uh, was another one that was uh, 10 years from now in, in another 15 years but uh, that that went down the tubes but of course that gets ignored and i think her original tweet if i understand must have been was deleted from from her account so there you have it yeah
1: it's it's funny because most people who prognosticate about the end of the world have the sense to put it out on a slightly longer timeline um but the the climatistas can't do that because, well, that's not conducive to getting power now. So they just uh, count on everyone forgetting and everybody at least does or at least seems to pretend to. <laughs> the press certainly doesn't uh, ever call
2: them on the fact that they're always wrong. Well, they they're actually quite clever um, in their usage of uh, of the language. They talk about a point of no return, but they don't actually mm-hmm. predict uh, catastrophic uh, weather events in five years or six years or six months. They just talk about that point of no return, um, which is quite uh, amorphously defined. So, of course, it means nothing um, and it's uh, it's you can't falsify it. So it really has nothing to do with science. It's all hype, uh, but it's yep. it's yep. hype.
1: Yet if we're past the point of no return, what's the point in trying to solve the problem? Right. It still has the same end of the world Problems for the people who predict it, but uh, most people who predict the end of the world don't have a, a global press and academic complex uh, making sure nobody ever calls them on it. <laughs> this exactly.
2: Anyway, uh, so uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's fire up some of our uh, our topics. Um, I think the the big one for this week is uh, the Hunter wrist slap. I know that that Sefton has had quite a lot to say about it, and it's I think it's indicative of the catastrophe that is Washington and increasingly the country, the idea that a political figure and let's face it, Hunter is a political figure. Hunter Biden, by the way, in case nobody knows what, who I'm talking about, can so easily evade responsibility for quite clear breaches of the law is disgusting. There's no other way to describe it. And yet it is it seems to be business as usual in Washington and in the mainstream media. And it's, you know, I'm Rarely shocked, but with this one, I am a little shocked.
0: You know what drove me kind of crazy through this whole thing is, the, is as we said before, before going on the air, I mean, we now know that the DOJ and the FBI and all the instrumentalities of government are—it's no longer that they're corrupt; it's that that, that that they have corrupted the system. It's that the system is now corruption. These institutions are now existing and are proven to be existing solely for the advancement and the protection of uh, those in power and the, and the approved meme, meme and approved mission, which is leftism, globalism, and the destruction of uh, America as founded. But what really got me disgusted about this whole wrist slap thing was yesterday there was a state dinner at the White House for, um, for the Indian Prime Minister, Nahindra Modi. And aside from the fact that both Merrick Garland and Hunter Biden were there, you know, as if nothing was going on and it was perfectly normal, what really – I think it really just just got me crazy was the fact that Steve Scalise and uh, Kevin McCarthy, the two leaders, uh, two of the leaders of the GOP, attended as if nothing was wrong. When these people should have just boycotted this dinner and it's just – for them to do this was just – You know, insult meet injury. What 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 beyond that, just how indicative of just the extent of the corruption, not just of the criminals, but of the people who are supposed to hold them accountable, who just look the other way.
1: And beyond that and beyond just their their attendance, and I agree with you, I think um, the top level Republicans should be boycotting any event that isn't directly related to the business of of the Congress. You know, we'll negotiate, we'll meet you to negotiate on the budget, but don't invite me to dinner. I'm not your friend, should be the the position. But what I found even more telling, and I I think it was in your morning rant today, JJ, was the comments that Scalise and McConnell made about, about- Yeah, McCarthy, yeah. Where, uh, Oh, McCarthy. Yeah. Sorry. And I think it was McCarthy, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, who said, well, look, I've never been to a state dinner where I didn't take a family member along. Well, yeah. God. So, yeah, it's it's not that we went to hang out with a a bunch of of corrupt uh, monsters. It's that. Why is this? Why are you even asking me this question? People bring family members to state dinners. No big deal. This is normal. It's like, yeah, but maybe so. But if your family member had been orchestrating a global influence peddling scheme, maybe you'd have second thoughts about that. But just don't talk about that. Doesn't matter. It's all normal. Everything is fine. It's the kind of
2: banal dismissal of it that's somewhat telling, I think. But I think it's, that's an indication of, of exactly how endemic corruption is in Washington. It is top to bottom uh, across all no three. Question. Yeah. All, all three parts of government. And it is so internalized in everybody that it's it's difficult for anyone in Washington to get exercised about even the most egregious uh, corruption. And I think that what Hunter Biden did is is so obvious. It is a slap on our face. He's, you know, it's yeah, I'm doing it. And What are you going to do about it? Although, to, to be honest, what what bothers me most of all is the gun charge. I've been taking advantage of my constitutional rights that apparently were just granted to me in the state of New Jersey, and I've been carrying whenever I can. And there are a series of laws that were passed by New Jersey to minimize my rights, and they are being challenged in court. So, for instance, if I, as of yesterday, if I carry in a bar, I can go to jail for five years. Now I have a legal permit, all of my guns are legal. I am fanatical about obeying the law, and yet This weird manipulation of gun law can send me to jail. And by the way, in New Jersey, people go to jail for this kind of stuff. And yet Hunter Biden did something that is transparently illegal. It is actually a good law. And yet he's going to walk.
1: And there's any number, I think, um, I forget who posted it, but somebody on the the ace forum. The day that Hunter Biden got his wrist slapped for that. Somebody else, in so, you know, some normal person in some other state who committed essentially the same crime, he lied on his, uh, on his federal forms, was given a couple of years and in, in major financial penalties. On the same day, oh. on that very narrow case, very narrow circumstance was the same crime of lying on the form. Um, was that the rap and,
0: was that the rap guy or the rapper? I forgot n- his name. Was that was that a different thing? Oh uh, uh, sure. no,
1: th- this was a this was a different one. Okay. But the but that one too. It's the same it's the same idea. And it's at this point it's a show of power, I think. Yeah, it's corrupt and everybody knows it, but I think at this point they're now rubbing our faces in it. And that's tends to be more and state consolidated tyranny, um, rather than We're now in the process of taking over. So that's how I view that is they wouldn't be behaving this brazenly if they weren't entirely confident that they had it locked up. So uh, I think it's very clear that they have it locked up. There will be more of the same going forward. There is now really no law for the ruling class there it just it, it might as well not exist it's no, not that we have two standards of law anymore i think that era is now coming to a close it's there's we're back to one standard of law it just applies only to the non-ruling class the ruling class itself has no standard of law anymore it's finished
0: i do agree i do it is cheery, isn't it i do agree with that i i've it's 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 in your face it's just the golden rule he who has the gold rules and these guys have the gold or at least they're the ones that are allowed to use their gold uh, unlike people you know whatever whoever the uh the Shel Nadelsons may be, or perhaps the Elon Musk's, or whomever. Because Elon Musk, whatever you might think about him, uh, whether he's sincere, or not sincere, or whatever's going on with him, uh, he's been targeted by this administration uh, via the, at least through the FAA, who have been giving him all kinds of uh, trouble uh, for his for his trying to launch his uh, his SpaceX rockets from Cape Canaveral. It's, it's both the FAA and the EPA have been putting the screws to him, and it's uh, it, it's obvious now. It is an absolute banana republic. And there's, there's just no other, you know, way of putting a finer point on it. And it's painful. I mean, you just don't see it because, you know, unlike Haiti, we're not necessarily devolving into squalor. Although you could put in an argument that if you walk the streets of, let's say, San Francisco without stepping, you know, walking three feet without stepping on syringes or human excrement, uh, we are, uh, you know, almost exactly like in that regard we're Haiti. But it's just it makes it that much more painful because look at what we were, not even – You know, whatever, even 10, 15 years ago, even during Obama's madness, it wasn't necessarily this bad here and there. Perhaps it was. But it's just absolute now dissolution and destruction. And it's intentional. It's terrible.
2: I think that we should refine this post law definition. The law is also used as a political tool. And I think that we might see that. I just uh, had an interesting chat with a friend of mine this morning about this. The law will be used to attack Biden if the powers that be decide that he is no longer useful. I think that you will see uh, some significant corruption uh, charges if they, in fact, choose a different candidate for the 2024 election. Who that candidate is, I'm not 100 percent sure. But let's let's not pretend that the law is not going to be used against the ruling class when it is convenient and when it is necessary. Right. Well, it it will. It will be used against former Soviet Union. I mean, it's 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 perfect. This is exactly what the Soviets did.
1: Right. It'll be used by it will be used against uh, what we could then call the former ruling class. The central party power is permanently immune to the law. Who has membership in that central party power is a little more vague. But or a little more variable rather. But as long as you're in that central party power, you can do no wrong as far as the law is concerned. And then the only risk to you is the risk of getting kicked out of that central power. And then suddenly the law can apply to you for malicious political reasons, which the only thing that is going to incentivize is it's going to make you do everything you can to remain in that group. And so it will guarantee greater secrecy and greater acceleration.
0: It's essentially you're, you're, what you're describing. I think Joe uh, and, and and CBD is basically it's the gang of four. Uh, you know, Joe Biden will now will be Mao's widow and he will be ousted when it's convenient to, to get rid of her or him yeah. or, or whatever, however you want to describe it. The problem is there's a little bit of a pickle, though, I think, in the messaging and in the propaganda. Joe Biden now for however long has been considered, or he's been pimped, I should say, as the man who garnered 82 million votes and is the most beloved man in, in history, and he deposed uh, the horrible Donald Trump, and, and he's innocent as the day is long, and so on and so forth. So all of a sudden, for the media to now throw it in reverse and go, well, wait a minute, when we said he was the most beloved and and innocent as the day is long guy, we kind of really didn't mean it, did we? So it's it will it, it set up an interesting little... Propaganda uh, uh, problem for, for the propagandists to try to to try to both, uh, you know, preserve his legacy, yet kick him out. So how do they do, how I do don't, thread that? I needle? don't
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I think that needle is fairly easy to thread because okay. what they do is it won't be anything that we know about today. If if so, hypothetically, they decided to take out Joe Biden, and I don't think they're going to. Uh, I think Joe Biden is going to be the nominee and win reelection. But if they were to decide to take out Joe Biden, They'll come up with something else, something that hasn't already been out in the popular culture as debunked by those um, rigorous fact checkers of the press. I agree. And it will be, yep, he, he didn't do any of those things that those wicked Republicans accused him of, uh, but he did do this, and, and sadly, it's time
2: to put him out to pasture and send him to his dacha. Yeah, um, they, so they can, that would be they, my guess. They've demonstrated their ability to, to pivot very, very quickly with Elon Musk, Twitter went from you know a beloved and and wonderful thing to uh, evil personified and Elon Musk went from a visionary technological genius who was single-handedly going to repair the ills of the Republican Party by moving us into a green into this green nirvana and he is now the devil and the the press pivoted on him within within a week or two so they know that playbook quite quite well
0: let me just interrupt for one second because the both of you said something and it went by very quickly and it's kind of you know I just want to clarify it. Both of you have or Joe, you stated in CBD, you agreed that Joe Biden will be the nominee and will be (laughs) reelected. There's the 12, (laughs) the the 85 million ballot uh, gorilla in the room there. Can I say the word uh, dominion or dominion? So I guess we're agreeing that this election is already, shall we say, in the bag, regardless of of who the nominee for our side is. Is that is that a correct assumption?
2: yes i think it It, is even even in a uh well look look at it this way the 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 top end for the republican party is about 230 electoral votes i've talked about this uh, ad nauseum in the past the swing states are going to be georgia virginia and wisconsin they have to take all three and they won't so we are looking at a democrat being elected in 2024 the only discussion is which democrat that
1: yeah i don't know whether it's the right assumption jj but it is my assumption so i'll I'll qualify it that way. Um, we'll find out whether it's right in retrospect, like we always do <laughs> in
0: In the common parlance of uh, certain people in 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 our government, let me ask you this: Here's a crazy scenario. and believe me, i mean the the the, the notion of calling things conspiracy theories these days is kind of out is kind of ridiculous because every theory that's ever been a conspiracy theory has now become a fact. But in any event, Maybe it behooves the the powers that be, so to speak, who are controlling uh, Biden and others to actually let him lose and thereby claim to get this, that the Republicans stole the election and then declare martial law, move in and then just outlaw the Republican Party lock, stock and barrel within the realm of possibility or am i uh, am i just being uh, out of my mind as usual
2: <laughs>
1: i don't th- i don't think it's within the realm of likelihood if we're going to play that game the way i would play it anyway is depending on who the republican is whether it's either somebody who's already on your side so like a jeb bush type or somebody you think you can control like probably perhaps donald trump who they have been able they have 4 years of practice Uh, containing him, to let the Republican win and to claim that democracy is intact. You don't need to pull out all the stops to steal an election if you think you've got it won either way. Depending on who the Republican candidate is, I could absolutely see them allowing the Republican to win. Anybody who talks about how American democracy is corrupt is just a conspiracy theorist. I mean, after all, the Republican won and they get everything they want anyway.
0: And now we go right back to the top again because let's say by some miracle or whatever, uh, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, or um, you know a, a player to be named later does actually win it, uh, you still have that that giant deep state bureaucracy that is intact and will do everything to sabotage uh, and blockade Buffalo and commit uh, everything up until treasonous insubordination to make sure that anything that that even. Let alone moves the the Overton window in the other direction. Let alone slows everything down uh, is completely prevented. So that's there's the there's the the, the the conundrum that we that we always will face. I think.
2: Well, I actually with both it. of you, I think that the idea that the that the Democrat Party would give up power, uh, even in service to a long term plan, is uh, in, in my in my opinion, it's laughable. There's no way on hell on God's green earth. That they are going to give up even one day of power in, in Washington. It, it is counter to everything they believe and counter to everything that they have built over the last hundred years. So, no, absolutely not. Sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As the conversation sinks beneath yeah, the waves yeah. and approaches uh, implosion.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: So, <laughs> let, I was, let's move I was on. about
1: to say, it sounds like oh. a three way race, and we'll find out in about a year's time who's. Uh...
2: Yes, we will. It'll be interesting. our, uh, feckless and cowardly secretary of state who just, okay. uh, finished prost, prostrating, prostating himself. Yeah. I was going to say prostrating, but I think prostrating might actually, be <laughs> he
0: was prostituting his prostate. Uh, yeah.
2: In um, okay. in, uh, this is in Beijing, uh, meeting with, um, the, uh, Chinese communist party. And, um, he apparently made some h- halfway aggressive remarks about, uh, about china's presence in cuba um and in reality however his his remarks were that we just don't like them being there essentially uh we're not gonna do anything about it we just don't like it (laughs) so this is in stark contrast to what happened in uh cuba about 70 years ago 60 years ago with jfk who actually did push back against russian influence in cuba and uh whether we were close to war with the Soviet Union then, I, I don't really know. There are people who say yes, and there are people who, who say no. But the, the point being that we pushed back against communist influence in Cuba, and we we succeeded. Fast forward to last week, and Mr. Blinken um, has kowtowed to, to Beijing. And uh, it's just, you know, it's more of the same. Uh, they make noises about pushing back, but the reality is they will never push back.
0: Well, the the interesting thing about the trip was that it was supposed to be, uh, first of all, number one, if it's a bilateral meeting, you know, you you send the head of state to meet with the other head of state. Blinken going to meet G right there is telling that, uh, you know, having having sponge brain shit, shits pants in the room with, with Xi G would have been horrendous because he doesn't know which which end is up, you know, and and what time of the day it is on, on a an, on, an, on a normal day or on his best day, I should say. But in any event, the mission was for for Blinken to go there to try to sort of smooth over tensions with the, with the red Chinese. And then the very next day. What does Joe Biden do? He opens his mouth and he calls, get this, he calls G a a dictator. Now, you got to, first of all, the, the irony of that is, is, is beyond belief. But just the freaking stupidity of that is, is is even more beyond belief because, well, why did you send Tony Blinken there in the first place to smooth things over? If 24 hours later, you're going to call the guy you're trying to smooth things over with a dictator. It's just complete incompetence that's that's just, uh, that's just beyond belief. And as far as you know communist uh, communist influence in, in Cuba, look down to South America now. Uh, there's now evidence that has come out that uh, that the, the Biden junta and, and the State Department and the CIA almost virtually engineered the coup that, that took out bolsonaro in, in Brazil. And as we all know, Bolsonaro is a uh, sort of a fellow traveler of the, you know, the the MAGA movement, the populist movement to wrest control from the globalists uh, down in Brazil. So this is this is just if it ain't the ideology, it's yep. the it's the incompetence or
1: both. Yeah, the the contradiction there should bother me, but it doesn't really. Uh, that's geopolitics. The Western Hemisphere is our playground, not China's. So. China doing things here versus us doing things here is diplomatically different. You can make a very strong argument that it's not hugely morally different, but diplomatically it is. So I I have a hard time getting worked up about that contrast. But this does tie back to what I've been commenting on for a little while, which is America's seemingly schizophrenic China policy. Where simultaneously it's both very China friendly in some respects and very China hostile in others. So, for example, Joe Biden comes in, um, sends Anthony Blinken to China to go and and kowtow and then does other things like released the uh, I forget her real name, but she's referred to as the princess of Huawei, released her. Uh, well, had Canada release her back to China in a huge loss of face and and strategic problem and saying lots of nice things about China while also maintaining the Trump tariff regime, escalating the Trump trade embargo on high tech, especially uh, chip manufacturing. So the American foreign policy with regard to China is completely inconsistent and completely insane. And I think it comes down to Joe Biden's incompetence in the fact that there's nobody actually captaining the ship. There's factions involved, and some of those factions are still bought and paid for by China. And I think Joe Biden is one of those people for whatever that matters, which is little. But then there are other factions who know that the the Chinese star is starting to fall and it's time to retrench against that. And there's no consistency. And I think it's whichever one of the many, many cooks in our kitchen delivered the order. So sometimes Anthony Blinken goes and kisses the ring for Xi Jinping and Sometimes we're cutting them off of microchips and calling them dictators. It's completely insane
2: and inscrutable from the outside. That's a perfect description of uh, of the Biden presidency. You, you you just nailed it. In almost every significant issue, they are schizophrenic. And this actually leads perfectly into one of one of the other topics that I wanted to hit on today, and that is that Israel is coming under increasing pressure from uh, Palestinian terrorism, uh, fomented of course by Iran. And the United States makes uh, wonderful uh, supportive noises in public, but is s- quite supportive of the Palestinians in private. They are continuing to fund uh, Palestinian terrorism via uh, direct payments to the to the various Palestinian entities, and they are also supporting Iran in in this drive toward a, uh, a nuclear agreement, um, and which is simply a which will culminate in a release of hundreds of billions of dollars that Iran will turn around and send to the Palestinians. Not all of it, obviously. So that's a, a perfect example of exactly what, what Joe was talking about.
1: And in this new, I don't know if it's been declared as a new intifada, but it's certainly an escalation that's going on this year. You know, it's there's the Israelis are using... Uh, A fair amount of American military hardware like they like they always do because they have a lot of it. And we've we've given a lot of it to them or sold it to them on friendly terms. So that's the one side. And then on the other, our ambassador to Israel draws moral equivalence between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And the new anti-Semitism czar is partnering with CARE, which is affiliated with Hamas. Like it's completely bonkers. There's no consistency whatsoever. And I think it just comes down to which faction calls which particular shot. But if you're looking for consistency in American policy, the only thing that you can find is the powers that be have no law that applies to them. Back to the prior topic. Beyond that one nucleus, there is no
2: consistency. Everything else exactly. is wildly variable and one of the one of the issues that that this brings up is the the schizophrenia is immensely damaging to our foreign policy because country well, Israel's a good example uh, Israel used to be a a steadfast partner of the United States, but they see this insanity this this inconsistency, and they have to look outside of America, um, which is why Israel is it is making overtures to China, which is why Israel is is increasing their uh, relationship with India, and perhaps, I, and I don't know this, but perhaps uh, they will reach out to Russia. When the world cannot count on America because of exactly what Joe was describing, then they're going to look elsewhere.
0: This is why, and, and and you know, now it goes back back to China again. The Chinese have now inserted themselves into this, which is which is funny, the the, the so-called peace process. Uh, Of course, on the Palestinian side, I'm sure, uh, and also have have a Rapprochement or some sort of uh, uh, buddy-buddy system now again with the Saudis. You know, there's one. It's one thing to sort of withdraw from, you know, from the world stage uh, in doing it in a certain way and concentrating on our own national security interests, which is really at the heart of the, you know, the MAGA uh, populist movement and, and our foreign policy, which was to have a rational foreign policy that literally put our national interests first and put all these these wars of, of aggression just to line the pockets of the uh, the arms manufacturers and those who have stock in them, uh, put that put that aside. And that's one of the reasons why uh, that somebody pointed out, maybe you did CBD or someone did that, uh, I think it was actually Tucker Carlson as well, who said that that really was the primary reason why they thought Donald Trump had to go. But this madness is just, it did is just creating- Did you confuse
2: eight- me with Tucker Carlson? Thank you very much.
0: Well, I, I think you both. I, I, well, is that you, Tucker? Well, I think you. You probably either quoted him or no. You've been on the same brainwave, but, but and maybe Tucker Carlson quoted you. Who knows? But he didn't give you any attribution the bastard but it's insanity and part of the insanity really also even predates the the biden junta and and the obama junta because as we all know foggy bottom has always been populated by these eggheads from you know whether the kennedy institute or johns hopkins or people who view america as if not the problem in the world then certainly not not a solution to or a beacon to solving the world's problems. And so they have this multilateral world, they have this whole nonsense, which is why... Uh, the only person who cried harder than Vladimir Putin when when the Berlin Wall fell down was Madeleine Albright because she couldn't stand the fact that America was the lone superpower in the world. So you have that mixed with just the schizophrenic incompetence and and, and uh, insanity of of uh, the current the current regime, and uh, you know we're we're really uh, this world is in a, in a is in a very dangerous dangerous position. Uh, whether Putin decides to you know, drop a nuke on Kiev if things get too too itchy there, or if Xi decides that he's going to attempt doing a cross China Strait invasion of Taiwan. None of these things were on the table, you know, four years ago or five years ago. But it's certainly these are all the, within the realms of possibility. But I just want to kind of backtrack a second to a point also that you made, Joe, about China. You you see China's star on the wane, um, and yet here we are, not in a position to take advantage of that, unfortunately. Uh, That also could be a very dangerous uh, place to be for for world and geopolitical stability.
1: And it's ironic in a way because, in a manner, the World Economic Forum and the, the various think tanks that are aligned with it are going to get what they want. They've had this grand vision of a super powerless world, right, where it's all regional powers and regional hegemons with generally stable interfaces between them, but probably a lot of skirmishing around those. Uh, but nobody is actually calling the shots worldwide. So the the bipolar world or the unipolar world is gone, and it's now a multipolar world. Well, they're going to get their way but they are not going to like the outcome. It's not going to look anything like what they envisioned with a multipolar world that's being run from Davos. It's going to be a multipolar world that's being run from those poles. And yes, I think China's star is waning. And I think that we are not in a position to capitalize on it. But I think that India is. Uh, I think to a degree, Saudi Arabia might be um, coming out the other end. Uh, Japan very well might. Uh, They have some rather profound demographic problems that are hindering them, but they might be able to um, make a power play in the Pacific as well. But yeah, it's not going to be us who capitalizes on it. That's absolutely right. Much to uh, the chagrin of the the Davos types, because they're going to get their way, but boy, are they not going to like
2: it. And coupling that with their traditional Jew hate, uh, which is an excellent uh, explanation of why... Uh, everyone seems to be pushing Iran, uh, to the forefront when, when it is blatantly obvious to anybody with a, with a brain and a pulse that Iran is a catastrophe in waiting, but they want a regional power and they don't want it to be Israel.
1: And what do Brazil, Iran, and nuclear fusion all have in common? Um, um. (laughs) They're I, all I, just 10 I years noticed. away. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with something. Blibble, yeah. yeah. I, I, I it's it,
1: it, it, it's an academic. It. I'll, I'll think
0: of a smart, I'll yeah. think of a smart yeah. Yeah, answer and put it in. Yeah. Put
1: it <laughs> yeah. Iran and Brazil, both are academic obsessions and academic conceits. They're always just on the cusp of being able to do it. Um, and they never do. But the yeah. the academic types that uh, that run the world sure do love the idea. they keep throwing all the riches of Crotius at it.
2: So So, speaking of the riches of Crotius, a submarine built uh, out of a novel and uh, unfortunately failed technology uh, was just discovered to have uh, probably catastrophically imploded within the vicinity of the Titanic. And ignoring the, the fact that five people did die, and that is a sad thing, I think it it exposes the conceit of a wealthy technological class that has for the last couple of generations been insulated from the risks inherent in the world. You know, these guys figured, well, there's this new, beautiful technology. It's going to be wonderful. We'll be able to zip down, take a look at the Titanic and zip back up and, you know, in time for cocktails. And nature didn't agree. I'm I'm not trying to be that critical of them because it is sad, but I think it's a reminder that nature will always win.
1: And it will punish you if you do what OceanGate did, which is there's a difference, I think, between what you're describing, CBD, which is sort of an ignorance of risk versus a contempt for risk, which from a lot of what's come out about the OceanGate CEO's Comments on that look like a, an active contempt for the idea of risk. We don't want old white guys who know what they're doing. Safety is, is over engineered. If you want to be safe, you don't get out of bed in the morning. That's not saying, I don't care about risk. That's actively saying, there is no, your, your very notions of risk are wrong. It's contempt for risk, uh, which is far more dangerous than just ignoring the risks. Um, It's actively courting them, um, which is, I think, what he did.
0: It's a very interesting comment that you made about risk and and security when the whole mindset of the current generation, Gen Z, millennial, whatever you want to call it, is to want or to seek an an overbearing and an all-powerful government that takes the risk out of your life we want to be taken care of as protect as a, as you know as as perpetual infants by a a benevolent you know a, a benevolent mother father transsexual whatever whoever's going to be in charge of of taking care of me and i don't want anything to interfere with that risk i want safe spaces and for a generation that is so hot and horny for safe spaces uh here here we're talking about this guy who has who has a contempt for space, safe spaces. And he just creates this thing where five people get crushed to death, like, like, like an insect at uh, two miles below the the ocean. It's like uh, you talk about schizophrenic uh, messaging there. That's kind of an interesting, you know, sort of an interesting mindset. But yes, there is risk. And we should not be afraid to get out of bed. But you know, the thing is, you do things in a calculated way, you do things based on as best as you can on science and i mean real science not the quote unquote scientism that drives of course uh, global warming and all the other climate change bullshit but you the scientific method and you test and test and test and test that's why you know circling back to elon musk that's why his rockets and a lot of these other rockets are generally speaking are successful and when they fail they do fail but they pick themselves up Dust themselves off and start all over again as the as the song goes. But I don't think anybody in um, SpaceX or anybody else, I, I don't think that they have a con- such a contempt for uh, risk as this as this CEO uh, uh, did as, as CBD highlights. But you know, it's just the schizophrenia of that of that mindset of uh, saying, ah, to hell with risk. And then you have a whole generation of this, like this guy I think is a part of, and says, no, oh, no, 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 we need our we need our safe spaces, please. We can't get out of bed unless we know that evil I, white men and Donald Trump is a Well, it,
2: yeah, I I, it's, I uh, think that you're talking about um, emotional and intellectual risk that they are uh, averse of, which they are averse. Sorry about that. I think that physical risk, technological risk. It's something that they simply don't understand, which 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 speaks to what Joe just uh, dis- what yep. Joe just described.
1: Exactly the distinction I was about to draw. CBD is a lot of folks, if they especially if they are in that at least adjacent to that ruling group, and and if you are creating a novelty company to make submersibles to go to the Titanic, you're rich enough that you are. There is no worldly risk. You know, I'm the master of the universe so the the physical risks you you laugh at them it's the conceit of the technocrat i guess is is perhaps a part of it
0: it's hubris. It's just you know that's that's you know it's I hubris. Can, I, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny. It's the same generation that that, that, that eats Tide Pods and swallows uh, jars of cinnamon and cumin on camera and chokes to death. Uh, think ah oh, nothing can harm me. But oh my God, say say an opinion that that disagrees with global warming or or that uh, claims that Donald Trump is a good guy and that and that Thomas Jefferson and and all the and the United States was a wonderful place. Oh my God, I can't take it. Unbelievable.
2: So use the word hubris. Well what does hubris lead to nemesis Uh, yes the greeks said it led to nemesis which which is is. exactly what they uh, found out
0: sad very sad
2: People are simply tired of the crap, the 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 un, it's seemingly unending uh, bombardment of every sort of 57 genders and um, you know the, and trannies and this and that and and you have to you have to worship us you know we you you have to worship at the altar of all of these postmodern lunacies. Um, is America finally saying you know something? We're tired of this shit. Can we move on?
0: If you if you go beyond the propaganda, I think that with the embargoing of news, there are a few anecdotal stories that I think point in that direction. Which and of course they are anecdotal, but you, you cannot necessarily dismiss them as as potential bellwethers. Number one was the reaction to the, these transsexual freaks that call themselves the uh, the nuns of perpetual perpetual penis. Or who the hell knows what the hell the thing is? It's some some absolutely anti Catholic hate group that was parading around and getting honored at dodger stadium meanwhile dodger stadium was essentially empty while they were getting their honors and most of the people were outside protesting them and that's a good sign and the other one was there was a um a group of kids who were fed up i think it was in massachusetts i'm not sure maybe massachusetts who were fed that up with the transsexual yeah. it was with the transsexual indoctrination and they protested and the, the, the teachers and the principal and everyone got into a tizzy or, who the hell are these these little bastards to protest, Uh, you know, this this wonderful thing and and and, and literally threw the book at them uh, or tried to throw the book at them. And it should be noted that, number one, it was in a school and number two, it's in Massachusetts. And what happened in L.A. was in Los Angeles and California, both very, very deep blue, if not completely blue bastions of of this uh, insanity. So. I think it's a good sign.
1: So do I, uh, I actually think this year, uh, so-called pride month has been fascinating, um, for a number of reasons, primarily because pride month, I don't think there's any way to spin this. Otherwise pride month has been an unmitigated disaster, um, for the types of people who, who put it on, um, and, and for the the culture warriors who have been pushing for it. Um, Ordinarily pride month gets a little bit of grumbling and then goes away. This year it's been a catastrophe uh, for the, for that side of the, the conflict. And I think it's not so much culture war fatigue. We're not just, it's not, I'm sick of it. Can you please, please, please go away now. Um, I think it's finally um, a little bit different. I think it's finally engagement. It, uh, in the culture war, by people other than the the radicals, and I think it all comes down to one thing. And I think what it comes down to is they finally found the the threshold. They finally found what'll do it, and it's kids. Have you noticed that this year has maybe been the least gay Pride Month uh, ever? Almost none of the none of the Pride Month nonsense this year is about gay people. Almost all of it is about trans and drag and kids. And I think that's the, the key distinction is, finally, it's they found the line. They found the line and they crossed it and it's blown up right in their smirking faces.
2: Well, folks, that's why we have Joe Mannix on. <laughs> I love hearing that. I think he's 100% correct. Um, I've, I've talked about this uh, in the past, and that is that, that Americans are usually detached. Uh, we're, we're ignorant of many things going on going on in our country and around the world. But one thing that you can say about Americans is that we love our children. Um, if you you know you go to any town USA and uh, more often than not half the parents are at at some athletic field or listening to a a, a jazz concert at the high school. It, they are tremendously involved with their children and they love them. Um I'm not suggesting that that's any different than any other country, but it is certainly noticeable in america and the the you know homosexual incorporated which actually I should probably find another word to describe that but uh sexual deviance incorporated finally crossed the line, and it's it it might be a good thing culturally
0: two yeah, things to two two, two 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 observations if I may and I have this on my rant this morning, sorry about that John I'll we'll get back to you number one. The you know, the um, the 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 terrorists uh, of, of the transsexual variety and, and whatever have not exactly gone into that good night over this. Uh, of course, we have the transsexual terrorist shooting that 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 wiped out six innocent, beautiful souls at a Christian school a couple of months ago and in Tennessee and Tennessee's authorities. Police are still not allowing us to see the manifesto, which as if we needed to see the manifesto or tranny festo or whatever you want to call it uh, to see what the the, the ravings of these people are And, and number two in response to that both i believe the tennessee state house and the kansas state house uh, received suspicious packages, one of them including white powder and and very cryptic and not so cryptic notes that were threatening uh, the, the GOP legislatures there for putting the kibosh on a couple of pro-gay or pro-transsexual laws or anti-transsexual laws, I should say. So that's number one. You are now getting a violent backlash from these people who will not be silenced. Um, the other thing that, that is part of my my rant this morning was the interesting – you know, you talk about parents not taking this, the interesting reaction from a place called Hamtramck, Michigan, which is basically now almost a predominantly Muslim town in the United States of America, the entire city council. And they have resoundingly, the parents there have rejected the indoctrination of their children in the schools. And it sets up this very interesting uh, little, uh, Uh, The confrontation at the intersectionality intersection between Muslims and uh, and the transsexual homosexual crowd, which are both core constituencies of the Democrat Party. So interesting times in that regard. Go ahead, Jim.
1: Yeah. And um, I think the failure to release the manifesto is actually a profound problem. Um, Yeah, we can make some good guesses as to what's in it. and if we could read it we would probably not be hugely surprised by anything that we read but it needs to be publicized uh because there are a whole lot of people who will be very surprised by what it says um and they need to see it and uh but yeah the the backlash um is going to take on a a new work a new meaning because there will be a counter backlash um i think things are going uh, fairly well on the culture war front at least right now there's we haven't won anything uh but there's finally at least a fight happening uh which is a pretty big chunk of progress in my opinion um but the the radicals especially on the the trans and groomer side are going to retaliate and they and what you wrote about this morning jj in the, the state houses and all of that is a piece of that retaliation. And we will need to prepare for more of that. I think by rejecting some of their core tenants, uh, which people increasingly are, uh, we're seeing that with this year's pride month is going to, um, meet with a certain degree of violence in the response. Um, there's a lot of history of that, and, and these people are fairly violent. So um, we just need to be prepared for that. Uh, I don't think that means we shouldn't fight, but it, nobody should be surprised as this kind of thing starts happening more that you reported on this morning. And that's a, an unfortunate consequence when you're in a, in a clash of, of civilizations.
0: Pride cometh before a fall and let's uh let's hope it's a let's hope it's them that do the falling and not us shall we say
2: well that would be nice um I'm not as sanguine about the uh the success of judeo christian philosophy and western culture as I was uh even a few years ago but uh well i'm i'm going to i'm going to look at these these spasms of of sanity um in a sea of insanity as a positive thing um just, just as a quick note, um, I was looking at, uh, I have, by the way, um, I track three stocks um, on my boycott list, which is Target, Budweiser, and um, oh, what's it called? that uh, The Breakfast Coles? Place. Uh, no, Cracker oh, Barrel. Oh, oh, oh um,
0: Cracker Barrel.
2: Yeah, and I was looking at them compared to the S&P 500 over the last three months, and uh, all three of them just got crushed. You know, th- this week has been bad in the market, but uh, the last couple of months have been okay. And um, they have not been OK. Uh, whether that is a uh, whether that can be connected to pushing back against um, the insanity of our culture war it remains to be seen. But it is, it is certainly a, a couple of or three data points that suggest that that there is some rational thought in, in America.
1: With with trenhauser Bush, it certainly can be. Um, I'll, I'll happily take that win. Um, but the other two are going to be more interesting and what it looks like so far. And I certainly hope this remains the case is it doesn't matter whether that's because of the culture war or not, because we're being given credit for it. And it, it, when you look at the analysts and the pundits, it's the, The anti-trans backlash or the Pride Month backlash or whatever that's doing it. Now, whether there's uh, any truth to that and in something like Target's case, uh, there probably is some, but it's not much. Target's in serious trouble anyway, but we're being given credit for it. And I'll take that because that really starts to penetrate that, that popular lethargy that you sort of talked about earlier, CBD, and it's, wow, these guys are winning. They took down three big companies. Look at the co- trouble these three big companies are having, and it's because of them. And even if it's actually only one company, if you're given credit for the other two, shut up and take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, that's a great point.
0: And, he, and here's the, the maddening thing about it. What a freaking winning, winning, winning political weapon this has turned into. And it could be reaching across so many, you know, uh, heretofore uh, unreachable groups, perhaps on the on the Democrat side, traditional Democrats, whether it's blacks, whether it's Catholics, whether it's Latinos, whether it's whoever. Even gay people who see and, and feminists who see the transsexual movement as destroying their own legitimate causes. Um, and we do not have a political party that is willing and yep. able to to do that. And that is just what a freaking blown opportunity, pardon the pun, that that that, that is. It's 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 horrible Abs-
1: and it's sick. Absolutely. In the biggest reservoir of opportunity there, in my opinion, it's the same one that Donald Trump tapped, which is the non-political, the checked out or the never checked in because this is something that matters to them. They have kids, or they have a sibling that has kids, or they have grandkids, or they have a guy at work they like that has kids. This is something that can get people who are checked out, checked back in. You don't even need to steal Democrat votes. You'll probably pick up a few, but there's a vast reservoir of unconnected people, and this is a way to connect with them, and no one's doing it because they're either afraid or they agree with it, except for folks like Ron DeSantis has done splendid work
0: spectacular you know fucking paul and paul fucking ryan i mean he opened his cake hole the other week and just basically said we shouldn't be fighting the culture war we shouldn't basically saying that and i'm going you bastard just shut up and go away and everybody who said that the 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 culture war is which we should you know dear lord rush limbaugh rest in peace andrew breitbart rest in peace were so right about it being having politics downstream from culture And my God, that is the battlefield. It really is there. This politics is the culture. Culture is the politics. And unless we have people who are willing to stick it to these to these bastards and and shove it down their throats that they're if they're if they're not mutilating our children, they're turning them into frickin catamites. uh, This is crazy. I mean, oh, drives you nuts.
2: I agree. However, I would like to toss in a bit of a caveat, and that is that we need to take our wins and shut the fuck up about abortion um i think that we, uh, hold on one second i think that that uh, we changed the culture in spasms and there's going that and i think that the 2022 midterm elections showed that the democrats are very very good at taking advantage of this sort of thing they they you know their rabble-rousing about uh about abortion probably helped in many of their races uh but we won. The, the conservative movement won the battle. We didn't win the war yet, but we need to consolidate. We need to, to calm down a little bit, let the states work it out, and not and, and keep it off the national stage. I yep. think that's a very, very important thing to be quiet about. And I, I know that yep. people don't want to hear me say this, but we need to play real politic here. And abortion is no longer a winning issue, uh, it, for, at least for the next several years.
1: <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I would agree. Keep it out of the national stage. Let the state parties pursue it um, as aggressively as they think they can, given their current political conditions in those states. And if you have the flexibility to wait for a midterm, wait for a midterm. The Democrats do this extremely skillfully um, and and get their way almost all the time. And I think there's room for Republicans to to do something like that. But uh, I think taking it off the stage nationally is the the proper move and it's the legally consistent move and it's a fairly easy message to give so i i generally agree with you on that cbd here
0: here is where i will play devil's advocate and, and, and disagree with you i do agree with you that yes the democrats do do you know beat, beat the shit out of us on this and very effectively they will never allow us to keep this off on a national stage because they'll constantly bring it up on a national stage the problem sure is will. what is Right. The problem is, what is the messaging going to be? Are we going to accept their meme about it's about freedom of choice? It's about uh, Republican men wanting to keep women barefoot pregnant and so on and so forth and coddling rapists and this and that. And the other thing, instead of that, we should be concentrating on developing a message about, all right. You want abort? At what point is a baby a baby? At what point is a fetus, an unborn child, a, ba- a human being? When can it feel pain? When is it not? When do you? When can we not kill this thing in utero? If you're willing to do this at this stage, you do realize it has a heartbeat, it feels pain, and it's fully formed. Are you going to kill the baby? Why can't we just tell them and, and you know, do all these things? I mean, again, that's my disagreement with it. And plus, there's been so many, and, polls coming out recently, like so many polls coming out recently saying how abortion was actually is a winning issue. And I'm saying, well, wait a minute. It's, it's either a winning issue or it's not a winning issue. But for me, it's, I think it's the messaging and sticking and trying to wrest control of the meme back from the left and shove it down their throats.
1: but. And I think that there is absolutely call for that to be in the Republican Party platform. And when the Democrats bring it up nationally, because they will, then the response is fairly simple. You you give whatever your your position is. I think abortion is wrong and I don't support it. But this is not a national issue. This is a state issue and it's not part of my administration. That is that's it. It's it's fairly simple. You can reinforce your message, um, however nuanced you want that message to be along the lines of some of what you were saying, J.J., and then take it off the table for a, a national issue, and you can defer to the Supreme Court on that. You know, according to the Supreme Court, this is a state issue, and that is how I'm going to run my administration. It doesn't matter that I think abortion is evil, and I have a good track record of fighting against it in my state, and the Republican Party will will support those state efforts, but nationally, this isn't part of my platform because it doesn't belong here. See the Supreme Ex- Court.
0: Except for Lindsey Graham, who will, of course, uh, you know, uh, act as the Saturday. And that's
1: tool. why I think taking it out of yes. the national stage is helpful because it keeps people like that asshole who helped to deliberately throw the 2022 midterms in check because now it's it's a party line issue this is not what we do at the federal level and it can help it can
2: help disarm people like lindsey graham yeah he's one of my favorites too
0: when you say disarm does that mean ripping his arms out of his sockets and yeah that'll and beating, work and beating paul Ryan <laughs> to death with the bloody stumps that would be that i would like to disarm him yes
2: yeah. please Paul, Paul Ryan, really, you know, he is he is so unimportant now. Um, I don't even I haven't seen him in years. He's done where nothing. he is. He's, he's on the board of
0: directors of Fox News. Right. And,
2: <laughs> and boy, they've done so well with him. Anyway, so we're, we're running late, um, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Joe Mannix, thank you very, very much for joining us today. It was fantastic as usual.
1: And thanks again for having me. I uh, always a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Joe Mannix CBD. Thank you guys. You are the best in the business. No doubt. uh, Par excellence. Nobody beats you guys, including Tucker Carlson. So there, Tucker, the hell (laughs) of you. Anyway, this has been the Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks podcast for CBD and Joe Mannix. It's JJ Sefton. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for continued support and hitting the tip jar. Please uh, let those cards and letters keep coming. Your support helps us do this uh, here thing, what we do here and on, uh, on the blog. So for those guys and my friends, I will see you and we will see you on the next one.
2: Thanks for listening, folks.